and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances and I'll be your hostess. Hello and welcome to episode, I have no idea what episode it is. It's been a long time. Today is Wednesday, July 31st, just about August. Made it through July. July is the hardest month. July is the cruelest month. TSLA was wrong. It's not April. It's July because it takes forever. It's like a month that lasts two months. Now I know there are people listening who love summer, live for summer. The idea that it's almost August, hours away from August, um, it breaks their heart. Now some people are listening, maybe listening from Australia. <laughs> They're like, yeah, summer's not the problem right now. But here in the middle of North Carolina, summer is the problem. And it's not been bad. You know, it's like, I think t Friday, it's supposed to be 80 degrees, which is unheard of. Uh, We're getting some funky weather patterns. But even when it's been more normal, for the most part, it's just like been 90. We've had a couple stretches where the weather has gone up at like 96 or 98. And what's interesting is there's a big difference between 90 and 96 degrees. It's just it's some sort of, I don't know, something happens. <laughs> I'm not sure what, what the point is. Is it 92 degrees? I don't know. But 90, 91 degrees, it's hot. Don't get me wrong. But you get into these temperatures that are closer to 100 and it just zaps you. It just knocks you out. Uh, and I have, over the years, developed strategies for getting any errands I need to do. I either do them before 10 or I do them at night. Um, for a long time, I did my grocery shopping on Friday nights in the summer. Um, just because I just didn't want to go out during the day. And then for me, too, because, especially because I work at home, it's like I spend a lot of time in my house in the summer. And my house, as we've discussed many, many times, is quite dark. I live in a forest. <laughs> I mean, that, really, it's I live in a heavily wooded area. I've got a front porch and a back porch. So it's like it's a dark house. So it just the summer gets really funky for me. So I'm not complaining because you know what? I don't complain about the weather, and I completely cannot complain about a summer that's kind of been around 90 degrees and sometimes dip down into the low 80s. That's amazing. I know it's been a long time since I posted a la my last episode. I think the last one was in April, and I really didn't mean to take a long break, and it makes you realize how easy it is to pot fade because you get out of the habit and you keep thinking you're going to post an episode, and I've actually recorded episodes to post, and then I just get so lazy about doing show notes. So I don't think I'm going to do any show notes for this episode, except I'll put some pictures of quilts. I have finished some quilts, which I'll talk about, and started way too many quilts. Uh, I'm becoming that kind of person that I never was before. Not entirely true. I think I have a false sense of myself. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like it's such a quilter joke. Oh, all the UFOs. And for a long time, I only really had a couple. And now I've got a bunch. I don't quite know what's going on with that. Um, but I have some finishes and I'll talk about them. Um, i trying to think what to tell you. I'm sitting here next to Travis the quilt dog. He's doing fine. He's very fuzzy. Very fuzzy. We're taking him to a new groomer next week. Here's the thing. For years, I mean for Travis's entire life, he went to the same groomer. Um, I shall name no names. Um, but this groomer, she's a dog person, which means she's not a people person. <laughs> 
you know, you can be a dog person and still be a people person, but she's a dog person. Just She's somebody who loves dogs and is not that crazy about humans. It took five years where she started being friendly to me. Um, and she does a good job. Her Travis is a cockapoo, and this woman's, she sh- showed poodles, so she knows a lot about grooming poodles. So she always did a really good job, but her place was always a mess. She fosters cats, um, usually, and you go in, and there were always kittens, and kittens in, in cages, which sounds worse than it is, and cats walking around, and that's fine. I don't mind cats. Um... But her place was always really dirty. And then she finally moved into a new place. And for the first six months, it was great because it was really clean. And then it got dirty again. You're like, why doesn't anyone ever vacuum? Part of it was carpeted, and it was just, like, horrifying. Um, But still, it was Jill, and I'm kind of someone I'll stick with you for a long, long time if I like you. And then earlier this spring, it was February, I took Travis in. There was a litter box in the middle of the little sitting area, and there was cat diarrhea. I'm sorry, I hope you're not eating. But there was diarrhea, not just in the box, but outside of the box. And there were dogs barking, and Travis is 11. You know, he's a little, he's getting a little old. It's sort of like he's 70, you know? I know, I guess really he's, what, 88? What is it, 8 years, 9 years, 7 years, whatever. But, you know, he's kind of, he was upset by it. Not not necessarily by the diarrhea, but uh, because that kind of stuff doesn't seem to bother him at all. But there were just some really loud dogs. It just felt chaotic. And and he was shaking. I was just like, I'm sorry, can't do it. And I just decided I couldn't go back. You know, it just, the place has always been really, really messy and probably always been on the unhygienic side, but that, that was too much. So, found a new groomer. And of co- and it turns out that my old groomer, you could just call and say, can I bring in Travis tomorrow? And nine times out of ten, you could. And it wasn't like you'd go in and she didn't have a lot of other dogs there. But I guess she just has a number of people working for her. And, and it's a pretty good system. Well, so the next play, I found a, another groomer but had to wait three weeks. But this groomer took Travis, was great, did an amazing job. Went back the next time. She did an amazing job, and then she quit. And they hired a new groomer, and she was terrible. She, uh, it was just I brought Travis home, and everyone's just like, "What has happened to our dog?" So time for a new groomer. This one again, but because apparently this one had really good reviews on Google, and it had to wait a month to get him in. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's a little fuzzy. All this to say, he's fuzzy. But he's good, and he can walk. And last summer he couldn't walk, so uh, this summer just seems so much better. So, so much better. Um, Other than that, Jack has been home all summer, and he is working at Chick-fil-A. And in two and a half weeks, he's going to Copenhagen to study at the University of Copenhagen for the semester. He's going to study international politics and foreign relations. That is his field of interest. He is a political scientist, political science major and a computer science minor so and will has been studying very hard for the act this summer he's about to go into his junior year of high school if we can believe it and he's practicing his driving to get his driver's license um so yeah and the man is good yesterday uh was our 25th anniversary we have been married for a quarter of a century and we 
have been dating, as I say, for 28 years. We, we dated for three years before we got married. So yeah, that seems like a big one. It is a big one. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll get two more quarter centuries in. Because <laughs> what, what would that be? But yeah, well, we're planning to live to 100, a healthy 100, one would hope. What else to tell you? So, it has, you know, as always, it's always busy. I think one of the reasons I actually haven't done as much podcasting or been focused on it is because, you know, I did the uh, Quilt Fiction podcast. And we, I think, posted the last episode of Friendship Album 1933 at the very beginning of May or mid-May. And I'll tell you, we worked really hard on that podcast. And when I say we, I mean me and the man. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to it. You should. It's good. It's a whole novel. It's a 500-page novel. That was crazy. Um, but had a great time reading it. I love reading out loud. And But we really... Um, and I, So I should say that we... Well, we both worked hard. I had to work hard writing the book. The man edited the podcast, and then we did corrections. So it's like much a much more complicated affair than the off-kilter quilt by by far. So it was a lot of work. So it was nice to be done with it um, and to have a break. I'm not quite sure what's happening next. I'm, I thought I was going to be podcasting over, over the summer and just reading short stories and stuff, but it's been busy. And having two teenage boys at home, I mean, Jack works a lot. He works a lot, but you know, still, it's just having, it's just more people around the house, more, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit more chaotic. I mean, we're not actually usually chaotic at all. It's actually a pretty, it's a pretty laid back household, but I think in some ways that means it's not that hard to disrupt it. Um, and, and Jack is not a disruption, but still, it's just one more person and more stuff. And of course, these are teenage boys and I've trained them so poorly, so poorly, um, so anyway, I have to say, Jack goes to Copenhagen on the 16th, and Will goes back to school on the 20th, and I'm kind of ready. It's not been a bad summer at all. I've had, you know, I, I, not, I don't complain about the weather, but I really don't like summer, and some summers have not been good. Last summer was not a good summer. Um, my mother broke her back. She is fine now. Thank you very much. Quilting away. Um, and Travis ruptured a disc in his spine and was paralyzed. And we didn't know if he would ever walk again. And fortunately, he did walk again. And he's he's all the way better now. It's so nice. But it, that was just a really hard summer. And I know for some of you, like, that's a hard summer. Your dog couldn't walk and your mom had to stay in bed. And like, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know that there are people who spent last summer, say, in the hospital getting chemo. And I think their summer's were perhaps worse than mine, okay? You know, it's all relative, so, in any event. Um, So, but I'm ready, you know, and I love fall. I love fall the best, and it's coming, we think. Who knows with the weather the way it is these days, but I think fall is coming, and I'm looking forward to it. I have been writing this summer. I am working on a middle-grade manuscript. I don't have a title. Well, I have a working title, but I'm not going to share it yet because it could change. Um, and I'm really, it's a, it's a book I'm really enjoying. I, I kind of, I actually was sick. I got sick last week. One of the things that I'm doing right now is with my writing group. You know, I've run this writing group with a, a group of teenage girls who when, yeah, they were all teenagers. No, they weren't all teenagers. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. When do you become a teenager? Like when you turn 13? Okay, so when we started, they weren't all teenagers. And we've had, we've had a couple girls 
leave the group, one because she graduated from high school and one just at, uh, I think she started actually started high school, and, and I think things got a little overwhelming for her. So they were not bad; they were not there were not conflicts. It just that's just life. So um, so this last spring, I was down to two girls, Charlotte and Ellie, and um, and we've had for the month of July. We've met. We haven't met every day, but we've met. <sighs> As sometimes once uh, as many as four times a week, and we've zoomed, and um, yeah, I just I just said the word zoom and just realized I have to do I have a a modern a triangle modern quilt guild board meeting tonight, and we're zooming, and I keep forgetting that I'm doing that. Anyway, so uh, anyway, it's been fairly intense. Uh, this week, it's kind of our last week. We might meet a few times next week, but typically this writing group meets once a week. Um, and that's all. So we've been, and both girls have been very hard at work. Um, one on a poetry chapbook and a, another on a, a short story collection. So they've been very serious and very focused. So that's been going on. My own writing's going on. And um, yeah, so, and I've, I've got a book coming out in the fall, in October. It's called The Class. It's also a middle grade book. I'll tell you more about it when it comes out. So you can tell all your friends and buy lots of copies for the young people in your life. But so I'm trying to do some marketing and publicity stuff for that. I hate marketing. I hate publicizing myself. And, you know, writers do it. And I have a friend who I really like a lot who's got a book coming out. And she's very good at the self-marketing and self-promoting. And she's smart to do it. And and I kind of have learned from her. And at the same time, I'm just like, I just don't want to talk about myself that much. Said this woman who's talking about herself on this podcast. I know. The irony. It's 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 rich but um yeah so lots of things going on have i been making quilts given that this is a quilting podcast yes well i have so i I made a quilt for the riley uh riley blake challenge the riley blake modern quilt guild challenge and that was fun i did a small quilt and i enjoyed it and i stuck to my guns about not I think I let myself buy like a yard of fat, like a total of a yard extra fabric. I mean, because that's the thing about these challenges. If you get really caught up and want to do real, you know, and do something amazing, a lot of times you end up buying a lot of fabric. So th- this, um, I did not buy a lot of extra fabric. And it's small quilt. I'll put a picture. I can't remember. I had a name for it, and I can't remember. Um, it may have been I called it in memory of Gwen because Gwen Marston passed away around the time that I was making it, and there's a lot of improv. So I'll, again, that I will I'm not gonna have a lot of writing in my show notes, but I will put pictures of these quilts. Um, so I did that, and then I finished a pinwheel quilt that uh, is connected to Friendship Album 1933, and I hand quilted it which I loved doing. The quilting itself is not beautiful. It's not bad. I did spiral quilting, which is my favorite. Um, it's a big quilt. It really is. I mean, it's like a twin size quilt. It's a big quilt. So it's a lot of quilting. Absolutely had a great time doing it. And it was nice because, you know, sometimes it's good to have a project where you're kind of just watching TV and, you know, it's a quilt. So you're all snuggled up in the quilt that you're quilting. And actually, I stood up a lot, too, because I can't sit down too much, or my my hips and my back gets kind of jinky. So um, I love doing it, and 
I'll show you the back of the quilt too, which I actually like better than I like the front. I like the front, but it's a very, you know, it's 1930s fabrics. Uh, it's just, it's a pinwheel quilt. It's cute, nothing wrong with it. Uh, but the back, I did an improv, um, and which I love doing. And so I actually really do like the back better than I like the front. And in fact, I, the back could be modern. I've thought about entering the quilt um, at, with the front with the back as the front but call it backstory the problem is is my quilting is not very good so but I'm, I'm trying to think if that could actually be a design element like funky quilting because I love the idea of that um, and the, the idea of calling it backstory actually came to me when I was talking with uh, Amy Milne from the uh, Quilt Alliance she's the executive director we had an event a couple weeks ago which I'll tell you about and Amy said that she and the project manager, Emma Parker, have talked about do, wanting to do a quilt show where it was all backs, that, every, that, the, the, that you didn't see the front of the quilt, you only saw the back of the quilt, which I actually would love because I, I love making backs. I think that's where I'm at my freest and most artistic. Um, so anyway, but that's, she said they would call it backstory. I'm like, oh, stealing that. So yes, a couple weeks ago, we had um, our Not Fade Away conference when I say R I mean Quilt Alliance I'm president of the board of Quilt Alliance and um, it's a lot of fun it was just a day, a day of, of, of talks and and speakers and uh, it's always done in conjunction with the Sacred Threads exhibit the Sakwa uh, Studio Art Associates is that right Studio Artist Quilt Sakwa it's Art Quilters, right? Studio Art Quilters Association. Maybe that's it. Anyway, so this is an exhibit they do every other year um, called Sacred Threads. It's a beautiful exhibit. There are always amazing quilts there. And um, we, our, our stuff was on Saturday, and we had um, a, a really interesting art quilt collector named Jack Walsh III spoke about how he became an art quilt collector and showed pictures of his collection, which, which is amazing. Um, had a really interesting woman, um, Natasha Donnelly, who is on the board of the Amer National Su National Association for Suicide Prevention, um, and and she's a nurse, and uh, she talked about a, a quilt, pro a memory quilt project um, that, that that they do, which was wonderful. It was very moving, and Emma. Parker R. Emma from Quilt Alliance talked to, you know, just showed videos that she had or she had made uh, upstairs at the uh, Sacred Threads exhibit. So you know that so the Quilt Alliance uh, documents quilts and shares quilt stories, uh, preserves quilt stories and shares them. And we have we have two programs. One is um, the Quilter Save Our Story QSOS. It's a quilt history. Pro it's an oral history program. And we have been collecting quilters' oral histories for 25 years. And it turns out we have the largest quilt-related oral history project in the world. It's over 1,500 interviews. And we also do the Go Tell It, these videos called Go Tell It videos, where we uh, go tell it at the quilt show or go tell it at the guild meeting, where people stand up in front of their quilts and tell the story of the quilt. And I'm going to have some more to talk about that, I think, in the next few months as we're starting to find better ways to get our our content out into the world so the quilters can enjoy it. Anyway, 
Uh, so Emma talked about that, and it was all good, and it was great to see people. And then on Sunday, we had our board meeting, um, which is, and it was a really good board meeting. I really like the people on this board. It's always fun to get together with them, which typically we do every month uh, via Zoom. But the, once, a, once a year, we get together in real life. So that was big. Um, of course, I came back last week from that and was exhausted uh, and then got sick because one of my writing group girls um, was sick and came to writing group and said, I'm still sick, but I just needed to get out of the house. And I just knew at that moment that I would get sick, which I did because I just pick up every bug um, in the world. So, so yes. So what else do I want to tell you about? So two quilts starting on a third quilt have have several quilts in progress including a quilt i'm making my friend kate out of batiks i think i have an idea it's just it's one of those quilts and i'll put up a picture of what i have my idea um i think just the execution is maybe just a little bit beyond me (laughs) so i keep putting it off and then i've got another quilt that i'm playing around with um, and I haven't quite decided what to call it, and it's kind of funky, and I, it was just one of those quilts that it's it's very improv, and but weirdly improv, a lot of triangles. Um, it could be called a prayer flag quilt or arrowhead quilt. I just don't know. I'll post a picture, and you can see for yourself what it looks like. Um, okay, what else to tell you? Reading-wise, I'm kind of all over the place. I just finished a book by a writer named Sally uh, I want to say Clooney and I, now I don't know if it's right or if I'm just thinking of George Clooney I think it is I think I'm right on the name it's called Normal People she's a young Irish writer uh, and, and it, it's, a, it's a very interesting book I liked it a lot some people really did not it's one of those things so she is um she's like like i said she's a young writer this is her second novel i've got her first novel on hold at the library and she's gotten a lot of hype and you know sometimes when a young writer gets a lot of hype gets a lot of recognition there's just some automatic backlash and some of that has to do with sometimes it's like the 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 hype is real but it makes you think that this writer is going to be a bigger deal than she actually is if that makes sense that that it's it's you know you're she's getting all this hype and you expect it's going to be the next Ann Tyler or the next Hemingway or the next Virginia Woolf or whoever's you know whoever is amazing and brilliant and what have you and what it is is the next very talented young writer on the block and so and that that may be the case with with her but I enjoyed it it's about uh a, a young man and a young woman they know each other in high school they actually get involved in high school she is wealthy and kind of a social uh, outcast she's she's an, it's not necessarily an outcast because in some ways she she has cast herself out and he is uh, working class his mother is actually cleans house for her mother and but he's very, he's good looking and popular and so they, they start this friendship slash relationship in high school and it kind of continues on it's just on and off for years and you get and the chapters go back and forth um from the point you know her point of view to his point of view and um like a lot of novels i thought it started stronger than it finished um but i I really did like it and i thought it was good so that's called normal people and i i don't know if i'll include a link to it or not email if you (laughs) if you can't find it so i don't you know, I, like I said, I've been dipping in and out of stuff. Uh, I've been reading 
Robert McFarland's new book, which I think is called, oh, it's not called The Underneath, but it might be called The Underneath. So do you know him? He's an English writer. His first book that I read, this is not, not actually his first book, but a book that came out a few years ago is called The Old Ways. And it's about old roads, primarily in the UK, but some in Europe too. Um, and, and that's actually, for whatever reason, a subject that's always interested me. We live um, near the old trading path, which is actually now Highway, I think it's Highway 85. But it was just, it was back in the day, uh, in the, the 1800s, 1900s, and, and probably before, and, uh, you know, for Native Americans, actually, way before the 1800s and 19, no, I mean, not 18, 1900s. Uh, let's say probably starting for white people, probably in the 17th century, for Native Americans, I don't know how long that was a trading path, but it's just a, you know, it's given that a, interstate is now runs over it you can understand that it just was a really good uh road for people to get on and meet other people and meet up and trade things i just think stuff like that is interesting so anyway so the so mcfarland's got this new book out which may be called the underneath but he talks about going you know places where people have lived underground their trails underground uh i don't know that it's all people you know there may be some about just animal networks underground i don't know if he gets into tree roots or not but he's a beautiful writer uh always fascinating always you know and and I, yeah so and i got the book out of the library but it's but it's a lot of people are reading it it's in high demand and so i, d- I just decided you know one i didn't have the bandwidth to read it i got it and i started reading it i'm like i need to have some quiet uh uninterrupted time to read this where i can really focus on it um and so you know so i just decided i'm, I'm gonna buy it so i will have it uh, i knew i wouldn't be able to finish it by the time it was due so yeah i just I gave it back, and with, and so I, I may go out by it this weekend. But it's also his writing. It's like it, for me, it's it's not a book you just. His books are not books you speed through. Uh, you have to go slowly to really enjoy them. So anyway, that's a book I've dipped into, and then decided uh, I'm going to buy my own copy. So what else to tell you? I don't know that I have a ton else to tell you, and I kind of need to get started making dinner. I have been knitting a cap. Uh, I have not had, I should say, my quilting mojo has not been great. Now, it got better, and I thought I was back in it, and then I went out of town. And going out of town for me can often be very disruptive to whatever creative stream I'm in, and it takes a while to return or re-enter the stream. And so, you know, I went out to town to go to D.C., and then I came back and, you know, had to recover, and then I got sick. So I'm hoping that I might do some quilting tonight. I might do some quilting and watch Miss Potter, which I got the DVD from the library about Beatrix Potter. And I've always, I've, you know, it's a movie I've probably watched five or six times and I always enjoy it. It's a good summer movie. I dream of England in the summer. And, you know, the man and I are making a lot of plans about doing a walking tour in England, um, probably in the south. The man is very interested in archaeology. I'm not uninterested. I kind of enjoy watching Time Team with him. Um, and I think a lot of that's very, you know, just fascinating stuff. But really, I just want to, you know, pretend I'm Elizabeth Bennett and Pride and Prejudice and, you know, take 
brisk walks through the fields, that kind of thing. So I don't know. England just strikes me as being really beautiful in the summer, but much, much cooler than when I, where I myself live. So I have, I romanticize England. I do. I know it. And that's, you know, I was telling you about uh, Natasha Donnelly, who spoke at the um, Not Fade Away event in D.C. Well, she's English, and she actually lives near me. She lives in Wake Forest. We're getting together at the end of August um, to... Uh, just because we, we we chatted at the event and and just uh, she's very funny and nice and we and of course I was like well tell me about England should I, you know and she, I can't remember now where she's from she might be from Sussex um, but anyway so uh, I can't wait to pick her brain about all all you know trifle um, although someone on the uh, quilt fiction club. Facebook page today is Wednesday we do our big B if you're if you are not. A member of the Quilt Fiction Club, you might enjoy it. It's a very nice group of people, and we just chat. And uh, today, I made a very big deal about everyone had to bring pie to the bee, and people, you know, signed up. I mean, obviously, this is a uh, not a literal bee; it is a uh, virtual bee. And but everyone talked about what kind of pie they would bring. It made me very hungry for pie. But uh, at some point, I posted a picture of a little girl baking with her grandmother, like from the 1930s. I said, D- you know, did you ever bake with your grandmother? And, um, and a woman wrote a really sweet story about, yes, that she did, and her, mother, her grandmother would make trifle, and how much she hated trifle, and she described the trifle. And I was like, oh, yeah, that doesn't sound very good, but I've always thought that trifle would be lovely. So that was disappointing to me. Anyway, it's fu- you should join the Quilt Fiction Club. We, you know, and we didn't. People show their quilts on Wednesdays. We we have a good time. We have a book club. Um, we meet on Mondays, so come over and do that. All right, I do need to make dinner, and I feel like I've ca- pretty much gotten you caught up with things. I mean, yes, we've missed months and months, and I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff I'll think of later. Like, oh, I should have told you that. I did one of. The, uh, I had a great time in D.C., but it meant that I missed. Sean Kimber. I don't know if you know Sean Kimber, but she is, I, I don't know if she calls herself a modern quilter, but she is associated with the modern quilt movement, and she makes amazing, beautiful quilts, some of which are very political in nature. She does a lot of, uses a lot of words. She, um, she did a, an amazing quilt about Eric Garner um, with just rows, you know, line after line saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Um, but she also does this stuff with these tiny, tiny piecing. So she came and did a class and a trunk show, and everyone said it was amazing. And I saw the pictures um, posted on our, our guild's uh, Facebook page, and the stuff that people made looked fabulous. So I'm very sad that I missed that, but yeah, you know, I am president of the board <laughs> of the Quilt Alliance, so I couldn't quite skip. Um, yeah, so, uh, and so, but the guild is going well, and everyone's, um, fabulous, it's such a nice group of people, and I hope that, oh, and we also, when was this, this was in June, uh, the, the North Carolina Museum of History currently has a quilt exhibit called Quilt Speak, which is not a really good name for that exhibit, but it's an amazing exhibit, Uh, the, the Museum of History has actually quite a, collection of North Carolina quilts and whoever curated the show did an amazing job it's such a good selection of quilts I got the book um, so so I could spend more time with the quilts and I need to go back because I think the show is on until September but anyway so they had a really neat event and I do believe it was in June 
where um, uh, I think eight different guilds participated, including the, the, the Triangle Modern Quilt Guild, and we had tables, and uh, people did different activities, and we brought a couple sewing machines, and the thought was that we would be, the members of the guild who were there would make improv blocks, and we'd be talking about improv quilting. Well, what happened is people asked if they could sew, so what it ended up being was people coming to our table and sewing improv blocks. And it was so, it was so neat. It was a really it turned out to be a great afternoon. Um, we, we had so much fun, and so anyway, so this so the stuff with the guild is going well, and um, yeah. So I think that really is all my news that I can remember to tell you. I hope you're having a good summer or a good winter if you're listening from down under. And uh, give me a comment. Tell me how you're doing. And I will try to be in touch a little bit more frequently from now on. Okay. And uh, Tammy and Andrew, thank you for being in touch and saying, where are you? And I miss you, which is really, really nice. And thanks to Andrew, too, for um, getting me on this uh, uh, book. There's a book club. And now I can't think what it's called. If I think about it, I'll put it on the show notes. But it's a Facebook group, and I can't tell you what. Let's walk together. Let's walk together, and I bet I can find it and tell you, since I really don't plan on doing extensive show notes anyway. Um, but this is going to be August 20th, but they're reading my book, Margaret Goes Modern. And Andra t- told them, hey, I know Francis. You know, do you, uh, I bet she would come hang out with you guys during the discussion, which I absolutely would. And so I'm going to do that on the 20th. And let me find. So I can tell you. Hold on. I can put you on pause. Ah, it is So Sweetness Sewing Patterns. That's the Facebook group. It's a really big group. And I'm going to be there on the 20th. I think it's at 7 o'clock. So um, read Margaret Goes Modern and come join us for the discussion. Okay, then. I will talk to you later. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first.